this is Lissa and Jerry Lee. Welcome to Experience Eden, This Side of Heaven. We hope this conversation will speak to your heart and inspire joy. to experience Eden on the side of heaven. Today we're talking about hope in the end times and overarching theme is the study of eschatology, which is the study of the end of times and all the events leading up to the second coming of Christ. Yes, so we have put together a four-part series for you guys to discuss the end times and uh, things to come. So this episode, we really want to focus on the events and the signs that are leading up to the end times and things that are happening in our world today. All right, so we have put together some questions that we have come across Mm -hmm. that have really stuck out to us and that people have been asking Um, So that we can go through and have a really good discussion with you guys. All right. So to start, humans have been certain that we're living in the end times for generations now. Mm -hmm. You know, going back to Noah and the flood, the destruction of the original Sin City, Sodom and Gomorrah, wars, and etc. So what is the difference between back then and now? That's so interesting because... Literally, since Jesus ascended into heaven, you can argue that we're living in the end times, Mm -hmm. arguably. Uh, So ever since he ascended to the right hand of the Father, uh, after he rose from the dead, after the resurrection, uh, it's arguable that that moment began the end of times. That's what a lot of people say. Uh, there's a time period where we're living um, just a regular human life that you and I are used to. And then uh, the marker for the end of times is when things start to change and um, these prophecies of the Bible begin to happen. And uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this topic is because I was talking to my beloved dad, who is definitely a conspiracy theorist in a very cerebral way. But he loves this topic. Mm. And um, growing up, I heard him discuss this and the end of times and the mark of the beast and the great tribulation and all these things that I remember him talking about, but not not so much elaborating on, at least not to my childish mind. And um, so we were on the phone the other day and, you know, this pandemic has really brought that concept to the forefront. Mm -hmm. And so we were having a conversation and he in Newfoundland, um, brought up some things that were happening with children going back to school and being assigned QR codes and things Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, trying kind of to comfort him, (laughs) I said, you know, Dad, like these things have been happening for generations and um, there was a great flood and there was a destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah and there's been um, examples of God pouring his wrath out on a sinful world. And so kind of to calm him down, like, yeah, dad, these things have been happening for a while. And he said, yeah, maybe, but they were putting microchips into humans back then. And suddenly, like, now I'm scared. Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, you're right. You know, so yeah. for me, it became like tangible in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I didn't believe it was imminent or, um, you know, that it's coming. But um, I hadn't thought about it in such an immediate sense, like, oh. The things that the Bible is foretelling 
are here now. It's not like some far off possibility. It's, mm -hmm. oh, it's happening now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that terrified me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> right? So I wanted to like really dive into the scripture and see like, what is my response? Am I to be scared? What is it? So that was kind of the, the catalyst for diving a little deeper into this one. Ooh, yes. <laughs> um, there is a timeline in Christianity known as the prophetic mm -hmm. calendar um, that outlines important events leading up to Jesus's return. Can you give us an outline of these of what these events are? Right. So right now, like I said, arguably, um, the Bible says that we're living in the end times and then um, there's going to be prophecies, biblical prophecies fulfilled, which is kind of what mm -hmm. we just touched on. Um, and then there will be the rapture. Um, and that is when all the church and all God's people will be brought up to heaven to be reunited with him there. Uh, and then there will be a period called the Great Tribulation. Um, that's when um, there's just going to be so much suffering. And, um, and then there will be a false prophet to come. And he will tell tremendous lies that will be believed and people will get further and further and further from Jesus Christ. And then Jesus will come back, mm -hmm. the second coming. And uh, to Christians, it's like, yeah, he's coming again. <laughs> right. But he's coming to judge yep. the living and the dead. Mm -hmm. And we will have to account for everything we've done. And then after Judgment Day, there will be a period called the Millennium. Mm -hmm. And that's a thousand year reign where we will live with Jesus Christ. And, uh, and then there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Uh, and that is in a nutshell, um, the prophetic calendar and how it looks in biblical terms. Yes. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, and where can you, some of these events be found in the Bible? Yes. So in the book of Revelation, obviously, and the book of Revelation is something that a lot of people um, are scared of. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very heavy book mm -hmm. in terms of study and really yes. unraveling it. Um, it's apocalyptic mm -hmm. writing and apocalyptic literally meaning the end. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for a lot of people, it's scary. So uh, most of this is outlined in the Revelate, book of Revelation. And this was given, this is a prophetic writing that was uh, visions and inspiration uh, given to John mm -hmm. by God himself. And, G and John wrote it, but it was a visionary type writing, meaning um, God was revealing things to him in a vision. And so a lot of the um, terminology and a lot of the description that is used, um, it seems a little... Um, theatric almost mm -hmm. to modern day readers and the reality is and theologians have studied it for centuries and the reality is it's um it's descriptive writing so for example let's let's make an assumption that computers and technology are are playing a role in the end of times mm -hmm. um, they didn't have words for that back then mm -mm. there was no computer there mm -hmm. were no microchips so what was revealed to john even even though it was God inspired and God breathed, the word for computer wasn't a thing yet. Yeah, <laughs> so definitely. John wrote what he knew, you know. And so um, some people have difficulty deciphering it. Mm -hmm. And of course, that leads to people arguing whether it's true or false or arguing over specifics uh, rather than focusing on the overarching theme that um, God is coming again to judge us. And so most of it is found in Revelation. Um, the rapture is something that is not specifically mentioned 
but it's mentioned in First Thessalonians. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's something that, um, it's a description of um, the church and God's um, children, believers, mm-hmm. being raptured or captured or brought up to heaven to be with him again. And um, there's actually evidence in this of the Bible. This won't be the first time someone was raptured. Mm-hmm. Um, Enoch yep. is a character in the Bible that was raptured. He did not experience an earthly death. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elijah is another one. Uh, so it's not even a foreign concept. Yeah. It's something we've seen and, and heard and touched on in the Bible already. And the only difference here is, is that before the Great Tribulation, God is going to call his believers up in a rapture situation where there will be uh, all the saints will be called up and we will no longer experience an earthly death. And those that have died before us and were buried or whatever, um, they will also, their souls will be captured and raptured up to heaven with him. Hallelujah. Amen. (laughs) Thank goodness. Mm -hmm. Amen. All right. In Matthew 24, the disciples asked Jesus, what are the signs that the end is near? There are at least 14 books in the Bible that talk about prophecy of what to look for and the things to come. Can you elaborate on some of those signs and relate them to what is happening in our world today? Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, again, these are things that are heavily debated and we're not trying to um, necessarily teach or preach, um, a theological lesson. Um, this is just something that really interests us. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to elaborate more, um, just to give some more context, uh, maybe touch on things that not everybody has studied and also to bring some enlightenment and comfort to the topic. Um, so Matthew 24, 36 says, no one knows the day or the hour of Jesus's return. Mm-hmm. However, there will be signs. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the Bible actually says. Um, so this is where the discussion with my father led me. So, you know, I have heard my dad say this. My dad's a generation older than me. I've had my grandparents and my great-grandparents have these discussions. They're mm-hmm. generations before me. So yeah. this is, you know, a, a discussion for the millennium, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, in the discussion with my dad, I started thinking about it. You know, there's been wars. Mm-hmm. There's been world wars. There's been global pandemics. These are not unknown or uncommon or uh, unfamiliar topics. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when the Bible talks about these things, it's not like they're necessarily things to come. Yeah. Because they've already happened. Mm-hmm. So why do I think or why in my perspective are we truly in the end times and, and closer than ever before to the coming of Jesus Christ? Um, is just the sheer compilation mm-hmm. of it. Um, so we have, everybody's aware of the global pandemic of 2020 and COVID-19 and the response, the global response to that, um, just little things like the modern technology of the airplane. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been using the airplane for so long. We don't necessarily look at that in terms of a modern convenience, you know, people in today in 2021, but the reality is in the terms of the world, it is a modern convenience. Mm-hmm. And that airplane brought COVID-19 in record time mm-hmm. worldwide. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, multiple cities and countries were experiencing the global pandemic simultaneously. Yeah. And so it's not like something we had to wait and watch it float across the Atlantic in a boat. You know, it yeah. happened overnight yeah. and it was hitting simultaneously. So modern technology, modern conveniences 
are a vessel by which these signs are becoming more prevalent, mm-hmm. more global, mm-hmm. um, more um, serious. Mm-hmm. You know, even the, the pandemics of, of yesteryear um, weren't as far-reaching or as rapid. And um, so that's one of the reasons why COVID-19, uh, to me, feels like a sign of the end times, even though we've had, you know, sicknesses. We had H1N1, this one yeah. not too long ago. Mm-hmm. COVID-19 felt different, mm-hmm. and it was different, mm-hmm. I mean, clinically. Um, and then we have, um, you know, nation will go against nation. Like I said, we've had world wars. Of course we have. But when we talk nation going against nation, it's not just world wars. It's not just weaponry. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much division, even in our own country. There's so much division. Mm-hmm. You could argue nation against nation literally, but you can ar- you can also argue like nationality against nationality. Yeah, the Greek word for nations is ethnos. So it's uh, ethnos against ethnos, which is ethnicity against ethnicity. And we've definitely been seeing that with all the racism going on. You know, BLM, there's Asian hate, there's like everything, everything. now. And it's just... Every nation is rising against every nation. Mm-hmm. And again, because you know, there's no there's no segregation anymore. I mean, we are a global world. We mm-hmm. are a global country, even. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's just everything. All of the evils and all of the signs of the end are are happening simultaneously in this melting pot. You yeah. Know? And um, and the reality is, the Bible does say also that um, we are going to flip what what is historically um what is historical integrity mm-hmm. um what is what is our moral code as, mm-hmm. as a people yeah. um in my lifetime i have seen so many moral um standards i guess you could say for lack of a better word um switch disappear yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right together. um so you know, like I said, it's it's a dog pile thing. It's not just one thing. Yeah. And um, the other thing is, you know, wars and rumors of wars. Um, Israel. One of the other uh, prophetic things is that Israel was restored as a nation in 1948. Uh-huh. Recognized. Uh, President Trump then uh, moved the embassy. Uh, so all of these things are pointing to me in, in one direction, and that's the second coming mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. And the war going on there right now. Yeah. Wars and rumors of wars. Mm-hmm. It's like all these things, like you said, are just coming at once. Yeah. And even, even the, the Christian prosecution, luckily in America, certainly, we don't, we don't have to face mm-hmm. the things that Christians face worldwide in, yeah. in countries where they're, where they're literally killed for their beliefs. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we don't face those things here. However, this country was founded on Christianity. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we didn't make mistakes along the way. Um, you know, humans are messy. We, we, we make mistakes. I heard and, that. <laughs> yeah. And that, I mean, we hopefully we learn from them and we, we change it and we evolve in terms of, we evolve in our um, knowledge of our con- conduct and how we impact each other negatively or positively. Yeah. And so the reality is, um, you know, it's not cool to be Christian. It's just not. And um, it, it's almost to, to stand on Bible principles now is is bigotry to a mm-hmm. lot of people. Mm-hmm. And to say that I'm a Christian and I believe there's only one way to heaven, to salvation, and that's Jesus Christ. I've been called everything from a racist to a bigot to insensitive. I <laughs> To me as a Christian, I mean, that that is hurtful and scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Bible foretold that. Mm-hmm. 
that we would be persecuted and um, the things that we believe will be um, unpopular mm -hmm. and people will turn against us. And we're here. Yeah. We're living in it. And you would, you know, like my, my parents wouldn't have thought that living in America in this day and age, you would experience that kind of persecu yeah. persecution and be looked at as a, a racist or a bigot or insensitive because you love Jesus Christ. Yep. I mean, that's, that's, wow, that's wild to me. Yeah. You know, right. but we're here. Yeah. We're God said we would get, we were going to suffer. He did say that, but he promised to be with us. I mean, we're in Satan's world. This is Satan's world. Yeah. You know, so of course we're going to be attacked. Of course we're going to be persecuted. And God said we would be, mm -hmm. but he also promised, you know, he'd be with us and we endure to the end and be able to make it to the promised land. Amen. Amen, sister. Yeah. All right. Next question. So are we coming closer to the end now more than ever before? Maybe not chronologically, but technologically. So you did touch on this <laughs> a little bit, but it's like we do, we get information instantaneously, you know, good and bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> well, with the social media, I think, I mean, computers have been around for mm -hmm. a, a long time, the majority of my life, actually. Um, but the reality is that now with um, the invention, not just the computer, but like I said, social media, mm -hmm. I mean, even like with newspapers and, and television media and stuff like that, you know, things that happened here, um, you know, 50 years ago would eventually go around the world. It would take a minute, you know, it would take, it'd take a little bit. Yeah. Now it's instantaneous. Yeah. I mean, I've been to third world countries where people have next to nothing, but they have a thousand dollar iPhone. Yeah. Like, right? It's no, like, really? Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, you can be like almost in a hut somewhere mm -hmm. and in the palm of your hand, you'll find out if there's an econ you know, an economic crash or if there's a nuclear bomb detonated somewhere or testing done somewhere. I mean, you can see it in the palm of your hand now. Mm -hmm. There's no need to wait for the morning newspaper or, you know, okay, well, I'll wait for the five o'clock news tomorrow. No, you, it's in your hand now. And the Bible says that these things will occur mm -hmm. where uh, there will be like a one world order type thing where there'll be a one world banking system. Mm -hmm. There will be it's um, another sign. Yes, yes. exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like the one world mm -hmm. order. And um, so Again, touching on like, okay, so why is that relevant to the end of times? It's because now we're living in a position and a technological posture that with the flip of a switch or the touch of a button, some major infrastructure like banking, or we saw an example in America last week with the colonial pipeline, it got hacked and it shut down the entire pipeline on the Eastern seaboard and mm -hmm. everybody was running out of gas and was panicking and that literally looked just like some coding, typing yeah. in, some, in boom. some guy in a basement bunker somewhere <laughs> shut down the eastern seaboard of America. Yeah. And so these things weren't possible in biblical times. Mm -hmm. Yes, they were living on a smaller scale uh, in terms of, you know, population and all that kind of stuff. But now we're living in a system where we are so technologically advanced mm -hmm. and and commerce is, is just whirling with uh, technology and um, the ability to buy and sell goods overseas in an instant. And there's everything from Bitcoin to, you know, if you have a small business, you can get the, the square for your iPhone and now you can conduct business on your cell phone. It's so in the palm of your hand. Yeah. But the negative part about that is, again, it comes down to this, the swipe of a keyboard or the flip of a switch somewhere and it can all go Everything away. crashes. Yeah. Like the money in my bank account is no longer the money in my bank account because somebody, some hacker somewhere typed in a code and now it's all gone. Mm. And so, um, yes, technology is not 
the enemy. Mm -hmm. But technology can be used by the enemy. Mm -hmm. And it can be used for evil. And, and it's wild because when you think about it, these things were not possible when these prophecies were written in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so, so much biblical prophecy, you cannot argue it. So they might not have used the word computer. They might not have used the word hacker, okay, <laughs> obviously. But the context is there. And the reality is that, like, we'll talk about it in one of the next series, but talking about the mark of the beast and without it, you won't be able to buy or sell or, or conduct business. We're there. Mm -hmm. We weren't there many years ago. Yep. We certainly weren't there when the Bible was written. Mm -hmm. But we're there, sister. Yes. Like, that's it. There, there will come a point. I mean, you know, I, there's so much to get into. Like right now, you know, you can't go certain places unless you have a vaccine for COVID-19 and you can prove it. Mm -hmm. I mean, these things, you can, you can be slowly turned away from what we once thought were civil liberties mm -hmm. and our rights. Um, and you can be turned away because of decisions being made by people in positions of authority above mm -hmm. us. And so we're, we're just in a living in a time and in a place right now where um, one person can make a decision. Mm -hmm. One person can type in a code and shut down everything as we know it. Exactly. And so that's why I feel, I feel like we've been moving toward it certainly yeah. for my lifetime and many lifetimes before mine. Mm -hmm. um, but I just feel like now there's just that dog pile mm -hmm. of events and signs that are just stacking up. And I don't know how you could ignore it. Yeah. Right. It's <laughs> Truly. all around us. Mm -hmm. It's so crazy. Okay. So why do you think some of these prophecies and events are so hard to understand and make sense of? Well, again, I think of going back to the way the Bible was written, yep. um, the timing mm -hmm. that it was written, because it's not written in the same language. Uh, technology wasn't the same. The issues weren't the same. Mm -hmm. um, so when you say like, okay, so Book of Revelations, where a lot of this is contained, is apocalyptic writing, and it's descriptive writing mm -hmm. about a vision. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's of course going to be difficult to understand. And like a lot of the Bible, there's an interpretation issue. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to be clear when I say that, when we you know people say like interpretation of the Bible, it's not that the Bible um, doesn't say what it says or, or that, you know, you can twist the Bible or manipulate it based on interpretation. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's just that, Oftentimes, from your frame of reference, um, from your perspective, from your um, ability to comprehend or your experience, you're going to perceive things differently. And it's not just as it relates to the end of times. You know, mm -hmm. I'll read I'll read Bible verses today, and with the emotional filters or the ex experience filters that I have, I perceive it a certain way. Mm -hmm. I can read the same passage ten years later. And it will mean something different to me just from frame of reference. Yep. The Bible didn't change. It's not that I'm manipulating the word. Yeah. It's just God speaks to you. It's called the living word for exactly that reason. Mm -hmm. God uses it, his word written, mm -hmm. to speak to your heart for whatever position you're in in the moment. So I want to be very clear about that because people will say, well, the Bible can be loosely interpreted or interpreted a different way or to uh, manipulate or weaponize scripture. And I'm not suggesting any of that is okay because it's not. Yeah. But to go back to the interpretation of the Bible, um, there is an interpretation. And generations that have gone before us, the people who wrote the Bible and um, and their audience perceive it different than us. Because now we can go, oh, well, the mark of the beast, maybe they're talking about computer chips. Well, they didn't mm -hmm. have that frame of reference in biblical times. Yeah. So that's why it's a little different. Um, the other thing is it's... Um, 
a lot of this is talking about God's wrath and God's judgment. And human nature, we don't like to we be judged. We don't want to see it. Like, <laughs> nope. No, we don't like to be judged. And we don't want to think like, wait a minute, I'm going to have to be accountable for every word that I speak and every sin I've committed. I mean, you know, you kind of shut down mm-hmm. when you think about that. Um, you know, just even as a child, mommy says, you, what have you done? You're like, oh, <laughs> you don't want to talk about it. Imagine our heavenly father's going to ask that one day. Yeah. And so, um, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. and I think those are all like contributing factors to why it's difficult to comprehend. Um, and again, it comes down to frame of reference, um, knowledge, experience, maturity, uh, maturity, scriptural and spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of factors that go into it. And I think Definitely. that's, yeah, and that's why we need to get into the Word mm-hmm. and do Bible study and pray and seek God's face and seek God's counsel mm-hmm. on these things and ask God, reveal it to me mm-hmm. and, and explain to me what is your Word saying and how do I need to um, respond to that? And I think that's really important and sometimes it's overlooked. You know, we go, oh, I can't understand it. Yeah, so you just shut it away instead of asking God to reveal and help you mm-hmm. to understand it. Yeah. Because it is, it's heavy. It's very heavy, mm-hmm. but for a reason, mm-hmm. any any rule or any guidance that we're given, um, whether it be by a government agency or a parent or whatever, it's for our own good most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we start thinking, well, I don't agree with it or I don't like it and we shut down, then we don't benefit from the lesson that they're trying to teach us yeah. or that we're intended to benefit from. So, yeah, so I think that all of those are kind of contributing factors. And I'm not saying I have it all figured out either (laughs) at all. But I'm saying that I have a posture of willingness to try and understand it and to seek God's wisdom and guidance in the understanding. Yeah, if you seek him and are constantly in his word and trying to understand, he'll reveal it to you. But it takes some work. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not he's not just going to reveal everything to you. You know, you got to seek him. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. All right. So these days, it seems that things are becoming increasingly dark, you know, with the pandemic, Mm -hmm. racism, wars, political separations. Why do you think there's such a disconnect and so many people have turned away from Jesus or wanting to know the truth? Well, I think partially what we just talked about, because it's dark. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's very convicting. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, if I believe in Jesus and I understand and I believe the Bible, then that means I shouldn't live for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a shutdown. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. So if I believe all this to be true and I honestly believe God is coming again to judge me, then I start to feel convicted and I start to feel like I need to live in righteousness and I need to pursue him and I need to change for a lot of people, your entire life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's and real uncomfortable. <laughs> very uncomfortable. Exactly. And you know, let's be honest. There's people who are like, well, I kind of sort of believe in Jesus and this whole thing. And yeah. like, okay, when I'm sure the mark of the beast is here, then I'll repent. Mm-hmm. Like there is a completely um, separate school of thought. It's like, okay, yeah. I'm going to wait till the end. Yeah. You know, God hears that by the way. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. And the other part is, you know, that we'll get into this again later, but you know, there's a point where it's too late and I'm sad because I don't want people to get to the point where it's too late and go, ah, shoulda, woulda, coulda, you know, and there's no excuse anymore. And we were talking about this just before we started recording. It's like, like I said, like there's, you know, people in third world countries have an iPhone. Yeah. There are people who will never be spoken to by a Christian on this earth. There's people in huts and tribes and forests that will never be reached by a missionary. 
You think God can't find them? Yeah. Right. God knows where they are. He can talk to them. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, we should be missionaries, but, but God can find them. So my point is with this, with this global awareness and this global connectivity and social media and all of those things, we really don't have an excuse. No. Like Jesus has at least been given a, a like a, a soft intro mm-hmm. <laughs> to people. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he's, he's been mentioned and we've, we've seen, we've seen and we've heard about him. And so, God is patient and he's a gentleman and he'll, um, he'll wait to be asked into your life. He's not going to force himself on you, but, um, we're getting to the point of global awareness where we don't have excuses anymore. Mm. And so, um, the reality though, the world has gone so far from the moral compass, mm-hmm. so far south on the moral yes. compass, um, so much into, um, this entitlement phase mm-hmm. and, you know, you do you girl, do what makes yeah. you happy. I mean, yes, God wants us to be happy, but what, at what cost? Yeah, exactly. When, when we're glorifying him, sure. When we're denying him, not so much. Mm-hmm. And so the reality is that uh, we get so caught up in what's comfortable for us and what we want and how we want to live that the reality is when you're living in a certain way and you, you've heard of Jesus and you know of Jesus and you're rejecting Jesus, it pains him. And the reality is that's what we're doing. We've gotten mm-hmm. so far. We deny Jesus. And it's to the point where even as a Christian, you're almost scared. Like we talked about a little earlier, you're almost scared as a Christian to proclaim the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. <gasps> mm-hmm. How dare you say that? Yeah. You know, people, that's, that's, we're no, well, we're not including that. Not politically correct. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> not politically correct it's not inclusive it's yeah, not loving exactly and the reality yes and the reality is that we should love everyone mm-hmm. that is the the commission of god is to love your neighbor mm-hmm. yes love everyone but it's loving everyone is not the same as agreeing with everything everyone does exactly so you can love everyone Mm -hmm. and disagree with a lifestyle or a belief Mm -hmm. or a behavior or whatever and so we have to learn and we really have to talk about this as christians is that you can love others and stand for jesus yeah okay so and there's that it doesn't have thing. to be one or the other. And I think that's what a lot of people fall into. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. either I love this sinful behavior or, and I hate Jesus or I love Jesus and I hate that person who's yeah. sinning. It's, it doesn't have to be that mm-hmm. way at all. Because the thing is, I, I can love all people without sacrificing my own salvation. Mm-hmm. So I can love people and be kind to people and not be judgmental and not be nasty, but still stand on scripture. Mm-hmm. Those can coexist. And in fact, they should. Yeah. Um, and the reality is that in order to, if, if, if we are meant to live in this end time to, to glorify God and to bring as many people to the foot of the cross as possible, then we have to do that. Mm-hmm. You're not going to bring people to Jesus by condemning them yeah. and being nasty to them. Sorry, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Human nature is to buck that and to defy that and be disobedient to mm-hmm. that. And so, um, the only way you can, you can, inspire repentance in a sinful person is by love yeah that's it and so we've gotten so far from that and we're not even allowed to stand on scripture anymore and yeah i think the greatest action of love is to lovingly tell that person the truth right because you're you know in essence you're helping to save their soul you're Mm -hmm. bringing them to jesus so that they can be saved like that is the biggest form of love and i think you know that's also hard for people because they 
they find it hard to talk to someone who is in so much sin and find a way to tell them like what you're doing is wrong. So they like, they don't want to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. like the hardest part. Yeah. And here's the thing. We have to love someone enough to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I have to love someone enough to be willing to have maybe conflict, even mm-hmm. maybe a really tough conversation even at the risk of losing that relationship, because I have to make their salvation the priority, not mm-hmm. my comfort level, mm-hmm. not even the relationship. Yeah, uh, I use this analogy once, and it's, you know it's pretty extreme, but I use this analogy once in Bible study. It's like okay, and I looked at all of our girls at the table. I'm like, I know all of you. I know you would give the shirt off your back. I know you would do anything for anyone. If you saw an innocent, wonderful, lovely person standing on a railway track with a, you know, a speeding train coming at them at a hundred miles an hour, you'd push them out of the way. Mm -hmm. You would coax them off the track. Mm -hmm. You would save them to the best of your ability. I mean, you'd become a superhero. You'd you'd sprint and you'd run and you'd stop it. Yeah. That's what we're looking. And Mm -hmm. these end of days, we are looking down the track and there's a speeding train Mm -hmm. of judgment and wrath and the end times, and the second coming, and the great tribulation, and all those things. And it is barreling down a railway at us. Mm-hmm. We have to be aware of that and compassionate and loving enough to push people out of the way. Mm-hmm. If they don't want it and they climb right back up the track, that's their business. Yeah. But but we have to be loving enough and convicted enough. And this concept has dramatically changed me and my faith. Because I didn't want to be a Bible-thumping Christian, and I didn't want to be the type of person who proclaims Jesus and foretells the end times and judgment. Um, And I was so scared that perhaps that approach would push people away. And Mm -hmm. the last thing I want to do is be disobedient to God or turn someone away from God. You know, that's the last thing I want to do. But I started realizing that was selfish Mm -hmm. because... I was afraid of the conflict. I was afraid to do wrong. God will guide me and the Holy Spirit will guide you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's not it's not the conversation to start a gathering with. <laughs> you know, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, you're going to hell. <laughs> you know? Welcome. <laughs> Full stop. Yeah. No, it's not it's not there's a time and place for everything. You pray yeah. and ask the Holy Spirit for mm-hmm. discernment, and the Holy Spirit will intercede. And we all have people in our lives who we love, who we want to see in heaven. Mm-hmm. Who are at right now, they don't have a reservation there. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. We all have people like that in yeah. our life. And um, it, it pains me to think that I'll be in heaven one day rejoicing and and not have certain people there. Yeah. And and what has held me back? Fear of destroying that relationship, fear of yep. creating a division in that relationship. And um, I have to be obedient enough. And loving enough to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. and say that. And so I think that's one of the things that is like keeping us from really talking about that in these times. Yep. And um, exactly. And I, I'm going to speak for myself. It's selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, like self-preservation because I don't want to be in conflict or have difficult conversations. And I just feel this sense of urgency now. And this is why we're doing this. We mm-hmm. feel this sense of urgency that, you know, we have to sp- to spread this good news. And, yep. and we, I feel like a responsibility, mm-hmm. you know, that more people need to hear this and not in a condemning way. No. Like I want to say to people, I love you so much that I have to tell you this. Yeah. That I want you in heaven with me. Mm-hmm. Like what more of a loving statement is that? Yeah. And you can say that without condemning whatever they're doing or however they're living. Yeah. It's not a condemnation or a judgment. It's like, 
this is what I know and believe to mm-hmm. be true. And I want to share that with mm-hmm. you. And that's it. And then you plant seeds and let pray for them and let God take it from there. You know, I think people like make it way harder than mm-hmm. they need to. I did for so long, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't know how to bring this up or do this or do that. But when you pray about it, you know, God will lead you. He'll guide you into that. Mm-hmm. You just have to really trust him mm-hmm. and just plant those little seeds. And like you said, do it lovingly. Yeah, absolutely. You have to do it lovingly. And I mean, like uh, Jackie Hill Perry, we just did a Bible study with her and she was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And at one point she said, I just love this quote. And she's like, People weren't sharing with me that um, that I was, you know, living in a sinful manner or that I wasn't living in righteousness or that perhaps something in my lifestyle needed to change. And she said, I thought about it after, you know, like maybe they didn't want to have an uncomfortable conversation. Maybe they didn't want to risk our relationship. And that's what she said. Like, didn't they love me enough to tell me God's truth? And mm. <gasps> like mm-hmm. hearing it from someone on the receiving end, like somebody who yeah. needed to have a difficult conversation to be told God's truth mm-hmm. who wasn't living on that side of heaven mm-hmm. and, and needed to hear it. And hallelujah. Ultimately she did end up hearing it, but thinking back to the people and the influence she had in her life that didn't share mm-hmm. those things with her. And that was her comment. Didn't they love me enough? Oh my goodness. I know it was like, a pro- it made me tear up. I'm like, gosh, don't I love people enough? Mm-hmm. And so it's really a transformative thing when you think of it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no condemnation in there. Yeah, It's just coming from a place of love mm-hmm. and, and really wanting people to celebrate and enjoy salvation with us. Amen, sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's just, it's wild that we, uh, that, that have this something so beautiful, something so compassionate can be twisted to make it evil. And that's the enemy. Oh, that's yes, what he does. Is. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's trying to do is just keep us further and further away. That's why he's created such a culture, you know, self-righteousness. You know, mm-hmm. this is me. Do you do you, girl? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't care about anyone but myself. So he's created a separation for a reason. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know? Yeah, exactly. And it's heartbreaking. And so I think we're just, like I said, in this in times where we where we at least feel that it's it's imminent is. um is a situation where we got to, okay, now that I believe in my heart and soul that it's real, now it's, it's, it's a commission to act. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where I'm at, you know? Yeah. And, um, and this part here, you know, we were talking about, um, in the Bible versus how does it, how does it outline what this looks like? Mm-hmm. So what does the Bible say that the end times will look like? And so we looked it up and we've heard, you know, we've heard these Bible verses before, but this one hit hard. Yeah. Definitely. So I'm going to read it. (laughs) This one they have hard. So 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. All right. But understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control. Brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Like, ooh, that's a mic drop. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a mic drop drop for sure. That's what we're seeing. I know. And and it's amazing to me that this, you know, thousands of year old writings 
are saying things that are so relevant today. Mm. And it cracks me up because people like people will say things like that. It's oh, an old book. It was written a long time ago. It doesn't relate to today. And they cherry pick things, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> so you think our omniscient, all-knowing God that divinely inspired this writing just wouldn't understand wokeness? Yeah. <laughs> You think he's not woke? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, what? So, and they're like, well, it just isn't relevant today. Like that, that God, when he wrote this book, obviously had these things in mind. Yeah. And obviously had the ability and the knowledge and the foresight and the omniscient almighty power to understand what we would need today. Mm-hmm. He knows what we need today. It's the same thing we needed yesterday and in biblical times, yep. which is Jesus. <laughs> That's exactly. what we need. Amen, sister. Amen. <laughs> but the reality, like, no, well, he didn't understand what I need in 2021. In, in woke culture. He didn't mm. understand it. No, he understood, which is why he wrote the verse that you just read. Yeah. Because exactly. we're there. Exactly. <laughs> right? And and it's it's so interesting. Like even the word that they choose, woke. Woke comes from, you know, it's a pop culture thing, but it comes from awakened, to mm-hmm. be awakened, to be enlightened. Mm-hmm. There's nothing enlightened about bigotry or about selfishness or entitlement. There's there's nothing enlighten enlightening or or um, wise, or, you know, oh, I understand so much more now that you're more important and valuable than I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It's right? just, it's wild even the way things are marketed and even the way things are said in popular culture. It's that if I don't understand that type of living, like you just described in that verse where it's, you know, you won't listen to your parents and you won't listen to authority and all you'll be arrogant. Mm-hmm. That now has become wokeness, mm-hmm. arrogance, mm-hmm. defiance, not listening to authority. Mm-hmm. That somehow, I mean, to say up is down and left is right yeah. and it's upside what's down. What's bad right is good, here. what's good is bad, completely. Right. I mean, it's wild, mm-hmm. but God said that would mm-hmm. happen. Lawlessness will abound. Yep. I mean... He he got it so right yeah. that I think it frustrates unbelievers. Yeah, they exactly. they need to poke holes in it because it's so dead on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you heard something like in twenty years, what's happening? Up will be down, and left will be right, and it won't make sense. You almost laugh at it. it's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, it's happening. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, it's happening. definitely happening. <laughs> exactly, and I love this is one of my favorite things because it was talking about our behavior now, and this verse is John five twenty six. Um, through 21, but there's a piece of it says our behavior now has eternal consequences. Jesus will come again to judge the living and the dead. Mm -hmm. So all of this stuff, you can say you're woke, you can say you're politically correct. And if that is somehow giving you an allowance to be arrogant, go ahead. Yeah. But Jesus will come. You will reap what you sow. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's for sure. Uh And like we said in one of our previous ones, you'll have to account for every idle word you speak. And you had to be very careful, careful because he's listening mm-hmm. and you were told. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Exactly. So it's harder and harder to deny all these truths and all these things that we're saying. Yeah. It's, it, you can't. I mean, you really can't. If you, if you are at all in the word, if, and I mean, even if you're not in the word and you're a non-believer and somebody shares this with you, you got, you have, you would have to say, if you have a brain in your head, oh, you'll yeah, that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Or here's another one, Isaiah 520. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, mm-hmm. who put darkness for light and light for darkness, mm-hmm. who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And so, like I said, we've we've switched things. Things that used to be wholesome and good are, are evil yeah. and bigoted now. Yeah. And so it's it's just such a paradigm shift of right and wrong. We're there. Yeah. And these are this is being said in the Bible. And it's just I don't know how you can deny it. Yeah. 
That's crazy. <laughs> I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. All right. So the last thing Jesus says in Matthew 24 is, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So do you think this is close to happening? We've definitely, you know, covered a lot of this, but you know, the, the end will come when the gospel has been proclaimed throughout the world. And I definitely think we're closer now than oh, ever yeah. before, obviously, but like you said, with technology mm-hmm. too. Yeah. I mean, we, like I said, we've seen so much, but like, um, there's, it's almost like, <laughs> like we're in the mood for war. Mm-hmm. Like, like with Iran, with North Korea, with Russia mm. doing military strikes and military tests and nuclear testing and, and what's happening now this week in mm-hmm. Gaza and, and um, Israel, Gaza and Hamas attacking Israel, Israel retaliating. There's innocent civilians in there being killed. Um, and so it's like the mood for war is kind of in the air. Yeah. And it's almost like there's just a finger on the button ready to go. And if somebody gets offended or somebody feels like maybe I can have the upper hand and do this without retribution. Like it's just, it's, we're just in that season right now. And, and it's not like a couple of bombs where people are capable of nuking the entire mm-hmm. world, mm-hmm. you know? So it's very serious and mm-hmm. it can't be, and it can't be laughed at. And, in terms of, you know, God rises up our leaders mm-hmm. and, and the Bible says to pray for them. But the reality is we, our very civilization um, in terms of the health of the country depends on the leaders. And so um, it, it's, it's wild, like the, the pestilence and um, the COVID-19 pandemic. And then in East Africa was ravaged by a swarm of locusts. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they're, they're coming up again now. The cicadas are coming up on the mm-hmm. East coast and people are like, Oh my gosh, what, is, when is it going to be enough mm-hmm. <laughs> with everything that's going on? Um, and so, yeah, I do think we're closer than ever before. I think um, once we start talking more about the technology aspect of it and the mark of the beast, when we get to that, mm-hmm. that part of the series, we'll talk more about it. Uh, I just really believe that we're here. And then um, the, the for lack of a better word, word um, false teachings mm. that are coming so out. So prevalent. So prevalent. And um, it's like you're not cool if you don't believe the false teachings. Mm-hmm. And and what's sad is, is a lot of these false teachings are targeting the youth. Of course, yeah. They're easier to control. Much, and, and control with fear. Yep. Control with... and. The ones who don't succumb to fear, they succumb to the wokeness because they want to. They want to identify with something, mm-hmm. and they want to the stand cool for something. To do exactly, it's mm. the cool thing to do without any research, without any understanding, yeah. and so it gets so scary to me what they're doing and indoctrinating young children, and so they're creating an entire generation of people who are living in unrighteousness, who are told that you know right is wrong and wrong is right and good is bad, and it's just I. I the things that I see that are coming into the school systems, you know, I have a 13 year old child are just chilling. It's like, I mean, it's not even, it's not even, we don't even have to get to the fact that it's not biblical. Let's talk about the fact that my 13 year old doesn't need to hear it at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like forget that it's not biblical. I mean, yeah. why are we, why are we saying these things? The age of innocence is gone. Yes. And so, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and in a nutshell, yes. Yes. <laughs> all right. 
all of this can seem quite scary or frightening to think about, especially for non-believers. However, what is the hope that we as Christians should have? And what message do you have for any non-believers listening? So, it sounds apocalyptic Mm -hmm. because it is. Yes. It sounds like wrath because it is. It sounds like pestilence and war and tribulation and all those things because it is. So mm-hmm. we can't we can't deny that those things are real and we can't deny that those things are coming. What we can celebrate, and this is, again, there's a lot of things that's kind of spurred this in our mind of why we want to do this. But the, the message we want to end with today is as believers... We need to be aware of this. We need to communicate it. We need to share the good news and the gospel with others, but not from a place of fear, from a place of compassion. We want to share heaven with as many people as possible. And also as a message of good news, like, you know how you can avoid all of those things? Believe in Jesus Christ and live in righteousness. Uh, We'll get more into the timeline a little later in the next parts of the series, but um we are going to be raptured and taken up to heaven with God. Yeah. And that is, um, reward is not a good word, but it's it's the consequence, the, the loving and beautiful and joyful consequence of believing in Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and following him and living in righteousness. And that is that we won't endure all those things and that we will be captured and taken yeah. up to heaven. And so that's the overarching Hallelujah. message. Yes. <laughs> And that's why we want to tell people this message yeah. is because there is a way to heaven mm-hmm. and it's, it, it's not restrictive and it's not hurtful and it's not, it's difficult in that we will be persecuted as Christians, but it's so joyful and that we need to surrender our lives to God mm-hmm. and to pursue him and to enjoy presence with him. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's a good message as a believer. Yes. So as believers, we don't have to be scared of this. No, not at all. You know, we have to look forward to Jesus coming, Amen. you know, all the wrath that's taking place. A lot of the things they talk about in revelation is going to happen during the great tribulation and we're not going to be here for that. Yeah. We're going to be with Jesus up in heaven. So that is the good news. We may be suffering here on earth, but it's only going to be for a little while. We're going to eventually be up with Jesus. And, you know, there's nothing greater to think about. And when, you know, you're feeling down or when I'm feeling down, like I just, I always think about that. It's like, I might be suffering here today, but it's not going to last. You know, so as believers, we can definitely be encouraged and we're going to get a lot more into the rapture on our next um, series episode. Mm -hmm. So don't miss it. (laughs) Don't miss it. And then so finally, I just want to end with this. God. So in the end with judgment, God promises to release his wrath upon the world. The world in this sense is not just the literal world, the earth that we're living on. It's the world as in people of the world. We are people of Jesus. We are his church. Mm -hmm. So he does not pour his wrath out on us. He pours it out on non-believers. And so God, even even in the time of Noah, even in the time of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah with Lot, he gives believers, people who are faithful to him, who are pursuing him and living in righteousness, he's always given those people an opportunity to be saved and spared from his wrath. Mm -hmm. Just like Noah was, Mm -hmm. just like Lot was, he got him out of Sodom and Gomorrah before he destroyed it. Mm -hmm. That's what this message is. He wants to get us out of sinfulness so that we will be saved from the wrath of the tribulation. 
That's the message. And so that's why we just feel so passionate about this, because the message is God gives us an opportunity to avoid his wrath. And it's a beautiful choice of following him and believing in Jesus Christ. That's it. It's really simple. Mm -hmm. And I, for one, am very grateful Mm -hmm. that he has pursued and that he's patient. That he's patient. We we are still living in the end times and we're not in, we haven't been raptured and we're not in the great tribulation yet. Not because he wants us to, to prolong suffering, because he's waiting for the last of us to come mm-hmm. and repent and to be with him. And then that's where we come in. Yep. It's our responsibility to, to give the message and to spread yep. the good news and grow and glorify his kingdom. Ah, he's so good that way. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to leave with positivity. That's why we call it Hope in End Times. It's going to be a four-part series. This is the end of the first one. Uh, so we just want to pray it out. And especially for anyone who is either um, uncertain with their belief or um, scared for the end times or mourning over that family member that just won't listen to the good news. Uh, we just want to quickly pray over you guys and um, just for some comfort and some inspiration um, after all of this scary talk. All right. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for your patience. Thank you so much for your compassion and for speaking to us and chasing after us, Lord, and just loving us so recklessly that you will pain yourself and just watch us. Watch us just fail and make mistakes and turn from you over and over. And you just, Mm -hmm. with your compassionate love, Lord, you wait. You're a gentleman waiting to be asked into our hearts. So I just thank you for that. And Lord, I ask that you speak to to the hearts of all the believers listening, uh, that you comfort them. We're living in uncertain times um, globally and um, with illness and wars, Lord. And it just, it stirs up so much anxiety and worry in people. And we just ask, Lord, that um, you speak to their heart. And that this message touched their heart today, Lord, and, and that this is not a message and that second coming of Jesus Christ is not to be feared. It's to be celebrated, Lord, and looked forward to with anticipation and joy and uh, an urgency, Lord, to spread your news, uh, to grow your kingdom. We just ask that you replace any worry or anxiety, Lord, with joy, um, with the truth that you are coming to take us up with you, Lord, and that you will live with us and reign with us forever in heaven, and that you're giving our loved ones an opportunity, Lord, to repent. You're patiently waiting for us, Lord. And we just ask that uh, for those who are scared to talk to a loved one, Lord, just to intercede, send the Holy Spirit uh, into the rooms, Lord, where these difficult conversations need to be had and to give holy confidence, Lord, to those who are listening um, to have that conversation and to change the posture of it being difficult or uncomfortable and uh, just give them a posture of making it necessary, Lord, and that it's the most compassionate most loving act that they can do is to offer Jesus to their family members, Lord, so that they may repent and enjoy salvation with us in heaven. And we just ask, Lord, um, that everyone within the sound of our voice feel inspired and compelled to do this, Lord. Um, the Great Commission is to go love one another, um, to be an example of Jesus' love, Lord, and uh, to turn other toward you. We give you thanks and glory in all things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. We hope your time with us has brought you closer to God. And makes you feel equipped, empowered, and encouraged to experience Eden on this side of heaven. 
To connect with us, please find us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day!